0: Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X, or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53, or visit us on the web at Chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family.
1: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold.
0: Good morning. It's a Wednesday morning. It's kind of wet out there, but you've got Jill Welke here to help you do your chores and get through a whole bunch of information. We've got uh, we've got a grazing specialist that's we're going to be talking to, or that Charity had the opportunity to talk to, and that'll be a little bit later. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, recall on some meat products. And then I did a story on the Argentina corn crop, and now I found out this morning that they're getting rain just like we're getting rain. So its I don't know that they're going to adjust their predictions, but it's just, uh, I don't know, I guess I wrote it Monday, so here we are. And potato seed production and the 59th Annual Eau Claire Farm Show is going to be held at the Menards Chippewa Valley Expo Center on March 7th and 8th. Show hours are 9 to 3.30 both days with free parking and admission, along with all the exhibits, free health clinics, well water testing, and coupons for radon testing for your home will be available. FFA will have a silent auction, and the annual Aggie Awards will be handed out. Bob will even be back in the wax booth. So with all the farm shows that are being canceled around the area, there's not one in marshfield anymore there's not one in rice lake or lacrosse there's only the eau claire farm show and then there's one in oshkosh a little bit later so get on out march 7th and 8th and catch up with exhibitors find out what's going on in agriculture and you know maybe you'll even get to a chance to visit with bob and um On the way up, I saw only one raccoon, so he was moving pretty fast down the road, and it was pretty rainy. And the rain actually has made a big change for crops and such. The prices actually have kind of all headed downward a little bit, and I think that's just because we're getting some rain, and the drought will be hopefully a little bit lessened this year. So let's take a look at our weather for around the area. Right now, we're 36 in rain here in Eau Claire, and our high today is only 36. So I'm thinking we're going to get some, we're about topped out. And the wind has picked up, and rain in the a.m., it's supposed to be uh, drying out for this afternoon. We'll hear more about that when we get to the half past 6 o'clock and talk to Mike Dandrea. He'll have Phyllis in ...on what's going to happen, but tonight we're dropping down to 14. Tomorrow, 23 and Breezy. Tomorrow night, 1. Friday, 26 and Breezy. Saturday, 38 partial sun. Sunday, 39. Monday, 31. Tuesday, 24 for the high. So we're up and down just a little bit, but we're staying pretty steady. It is February. And our weather today is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group... Over 70 new Jeeps available now, and over 70 new Rams available now at Chilson.com. And that's the weather on WAX 104.5. Well, we've got more chores to get done, so we better get started on it. Um, And I truly enjoyed the state FFA officers that came in yesterday. I hope you enjoyed them, too, because they were just, they have so much to say, and they're very well-spoken, and I appreciate that. I did hear from Bob. He was sending some audio back. We'll be hearing from him, him a little bit later. And there's a lot of... He had a lot to say, so it's kind of a long audio. So I'm hoping I can fit all this stuff in for you guys to enjoy. And But we better get at it now. So here we go, getting done with those chores. There's definitely more water under the bridge today than there was yesterday with all the rain that we've been having, and boy, my driveway got iced up. Kind of melted off the top snow, and it was a challenge to get out to the garage. I think I'm going to start parking closer to the house. Here we are, one minute after five on Wax 104.5, and it's time to hear our national news. Maybe, apparently, it doesn't want to go, so... I guess we'll just head and do some music instead. We're going to give the national news another try. See if we can get it to work this time.
2: NBC News Radio. I'm Mark Mayfield. California Senator Dianne Feinstein won't run for re-election next year. In a statement, the Democrats said she'll finish her current term. She was elected to the Senate in 1992 and is the longest-serving female senator ever. There had been mounting pressure on her to make a decision as other Democrats had already announced a bid for her seat. The Senate minority leader is stressing that entitlements aren't on the table in negotiating to raise the debt ceiling.
3: There is no agenda on the part of Senate Republicans to revisit Medicare or Social Security. Period.
2: Kentucky Republican Mitch McConnell told reporters he's sure the debt ceiling will be dealt with. He said he's confident the U.S. won't default and that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said the same. McConnell said Social Security isn't an issue between the parties. New York Congressman George Santos is refusing calls to step down. Brian Shook reports. In a tweet Tuesday, the embattled Republican posted, I'm not leaving, I'm not hiding, and I'm not backing down. Santos still hasn't answered questions regarding campaign finances. Santos spent more than $365,000 during his 2022 congressional campaign, but failed to give any details. I'm Brian Shook. The flying objects recently shot down in the U.S. and Canada were likely being used for one of two purposes. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said their purpose was either commercial or harmless this after the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff said all but one object was taken out of the sky with the first shot the only object that required two shots was the one over lake huron and a semi-truck rollover is to blame for a spill of hazardous material in arizona the crash took place in tucson with nitric acid in liquid form being spilled a shelter in place was directed to everyone within a mile of the crash with people advised to turn off heaters and air conditioning units that bring in outside air you're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio.
0: And we're going to take a little look at our temperatures around the area. Here in Eau Claire, 36 in rain. Medford, 38. Rice Lake, 36. Wausau, 40 in rain. Green Bay, 47 in cloudy. Marshfield, 40 in rain. Lacrosse, 42. Madison, 45 in cloudy. Milwaukee, 47 in cloudy. And today we're expected to get up to 36 is where we're sitting right now windy and rainy this morning, and it's supposed to be straightening out for this afternoon and drying up a little bit, hopefully. But tonight, we're dropping down to 14 degrees. Tomorrow, a high of 23 and breezy. So take a little look at that weather, and then we're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Bob and his California trip.
1: We continue to travel in California, and we're going to talk to more of the folks that are along with us, Tim and Mary Zwiefelhofer from uh, Tilden, are with us and uh, Mary? I understand coming over here. You had the heaviest luggage in the whole trip.
0: Yes, it weighed forty nine pounds, but I had about nine pounds of alcohol.
1: <laughs> now how much you weigh? Forty pounds? It's, in other words, it's all gone. It's getting there. <laughs> As it will. But we've had a great time so far. What's been the highlight for you? We certainly haven't gone hungry.
0: Well, everything is beautiful, but I kind of rate the food a little bit, and that and the food on this trip has been fantastic. I just can't. The ribeye today, yesterday we had what tenderloin was it or mm-hmm. oh my god, just unbelievable. Have
1: you had some of the, the fish like the salmon or uh, any of that?
0: No, I have not. You're not Chicken. a fish eater. I am, but I just wanted to. Well, the one day at the wharf we had um, fish and chips. So what do was- you
1: think of San Francisco? The cable cars, the cruiser on the uh, Golden Gate and Alcatraz. It's a lot like Tilden. <laughs> it's a <lot. laughs> Mary offer. We'll leave it at Tim is also with us. Tim. We uh, have spent uh, a couple hours in the railroad museum, and I think we all know the railroad's important to California, but I didn't know it was that important. No, I didn't either. It's California's a big state, and you need a lot of rail to move
4: product and stuff, yeah.
1: And the museum, what impressed you? I mean, there are some machines in there that are absolutely, unbelievably big and powerful.
4: Yeah, and how they're so big, and, and how they were made so many years ago, and the technology now would be easier, but back then they didn't have that, and they forged all the steel to make them big engines, yeah. Did
1: you uh, enjoy riding on the train through the Napa Valley? Yeah, I I did. It was nice and slow and nice and good things to eat and drink. That was fun. We got food and drink, that's for sure. Tim and Mary's refill offer from Tilden. John and Diane Kreaser are with us now and Diane, we talked to Tim about the, the wine train. It was really a neat experience, wasn't it?
0: It was. I didn't realize how many places on the left and on the right of all the way up for our tour and how many wineries there were. Of course, you cannot do it in one day. You'd have to have a couple hotels in between so you can finish them all out.
1: If you're taste testing.
0: if you Well, you have to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, did you recognize some of the names of the vineyards of uh, wine that is sold in stores around our area?
0: Um, I think so, yeah, because I know that they're going to be shipping them all over the world. So. Um, another one I want to say, just like our travel agent, our travel guide, with Melissa Pilgrim, she was awesome. I got to give her a, a big hurrah. She did a great job
1: today. How'd you enjoy San Francisco? We've been to a cattle farm. We've been to olive oil, and all. We've seen a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it's history. You know, it's just like the the museum for the railroad is just a history thing, and you, it takes a lot more time than just what you have here to take it all in
1: been a good trip so far you say melissa was good she is good we're not done yet <laughs> oh
0: she is good sorry about that sorry about that
1: all right diane creaser john is with us now and john anytime we can go out and look at agriculture in february in our shirt sure sleeves that's a good thing yeah it's a beautiful summer day here 70 degrees and
5: uh just impressed of all this flat farmland here and they grow nuts and and more nuts and oranges in some places, and olives and tomatoes, and everything. They're just yeah. getting ready to planting season right now. Right, it's just very impressive and uh, shows you how important this state is to the rest of the country, really. So
1: and it also shows you the dependence American agriculture has on workers. Yeah, it's just uh, they have the same
5: challenges in California as we do at home. Um, there's great people that help us out every day, and we're always looking for the better ones all the time. So,
1: and of course, uh, olive oil is. Uh, what do you think of that? that? That was kind of educational. That is very impressive. I know very little
5: about it. I used the product. I didn't know the different grades and uh, the percentage of oil in olive. It's like between 10 and 15 percent most of the time, and it. They have to go through a lot of work to make that all come
1: together and have a saleable product. So, i would like to have about a 7,000-acre ranch like Yolo Land and Cattle Company to, to run cattle? You go out, they can't even find them. No,
5: they, it's it's pretty unique. Uh, you need a crew of people to keep everything done.
1: And uh, everybody made a uh, big deal out of all that rain they had earlier. He had a big smile on his face because his grass is green on those mountainsides and his pastures.
5: Yeah, it, you wouldn't know that it rained... 15 plus inches of rain here a month ago Mm -hmm. i mean their their reservoirs are full grass is greening up it just looks beautiful and when they can take a bus out through the cattle pasture up and
1: down the valleys that's pretty cool and when we were at the olive uh, grove did uh, they get your attention we said we had between 18 and 25 feet of topsoil yeah especially that's like we don't have that where i live we might have
5: about six eight inches of topsoil and a lot of that shiny stuff below it called sand, so.
1: <laughs> we got plenty of that. All right, the creature is also from the Downsville area. John and uh, Diane, who likes to be called Mary, but, uh, again, our trip's not done yet. We'll continue on Wax 104.5 in California. I'm
4: Bob Bosold. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And we're lucky enough to hear that first voice of Bob Olson. but we've got to get some more of our chores done. We've got to get through those markets sponsored by... And it's time to jump right into our markets. Our cash livestock choice-fed beef steers are 157 to 164 with mixed at 141 to 156. Choice-fed beef heifers are 157 to 164 with mixed in. 142 to 154. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 135 to 141 half. with select and silage-fed steers, 113 to 135. Cows are 77 to 96 with bulls at 84 to a dollar. Butcher hogs are 53 to 64 with sows at 52 to 62. Boars are 25 to 28. Unshorn market lambs are 125 to 142 with a top of 148. Feeder lambs are 150 to 310. Ewes are 55 to 90. Small goats are 210 and down. Medium goats are 190 and down and large goats are 135 to 330. Nanny goats are 55 to 290. And our Mercantile Exchange, our futures for the live cattle, February 16215 down 12 April 16467 and a half down 42 and a half, and June 16022 and a half down 20 cents and our feeder cattle markets. 186.65, down 55 cents. April, 190.90, down 70 cents. And May, 194.90, down 67 and a half. And our lean hog carcasses. February, seventy-five, sixty-seven and a half and a half, down 15 cents. April, 87.25, down, er, up 90 cents. Excuse me, up 90 cents. And May, 96.05, up 55 cents. And it's time to take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. There's been rain in the US and in Argentina and that's kind of I believe that that's caused our markets to go downward because there's more crop expected to be out there. March corn 679 down 3 cents. Oats 365 down a half. March soybeans 1529 down 8 cents and March soybean meal 498 a ton, 498 dollars a ton, down three dollars. And wheat for March, 784, down one and a half. And our cheese markets, barrels 155 and a half, down two cents. Forty-pound blocks 189, up one and three-quarter cents. And our grade AA butter 245 and three-quarters, up two and a quarter. And our Class Three milk futures, February. 1793 down a penny, March down 27 cents to 1774, and April down a whopping 43 cents to 1794. And that's our first look at markets. It's time to get through some more chores. Wax
4: 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
6: In order to figure out the future of grazing, we first need to take a step back and look at the past. I'm Charity Suebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jason Cavadini is the UW Extension grazing outreach specialist. He says grazing is not a new concept, but with key technological advancements,
7: it is making it a new
6: opportunity for some.
7: It's kind of interesting to even use the word future with grazing just because it's not a new thing at all. In fact, it's probably one of the most ancient things that we talk about in agriculture. But it is, you know, as we look at some of the issues or just the challenges that we're facing, and just in Wisconsin alone in agriculture, whether you talk about farms going away or resource concerns, grazing does tend to be a good solution for all of those. And so often we have to make the distinction between the kind of grazing that we're talking about compared to maybe what a lot of people have memories of from childhood or generations ago. And this is not necessarily the same as that. This we call managed grazing, emphasis on the management. And We're just really trying to manage the forage and the land in a way that allows animals to perform well and also the land to be... Be productive for a long time. So it really is a little bit of a futuristic way of looking at an old thing. But I guess to answer your original question about taking a look back, you know, we're seeing this practice make advancements because of some of the things that I just described, but some of the landscape is different now than it was then with farms. There's fewer farms and there's a lot larger farms. And so the conversations are just different now than they were a couple decades ago as we talk about how to integrate this practice onto farms. What are some key
6: technological advancements or research that you have done that is helping to equip farmers with the necessary resources for success when it comes to this management grazing?
7: So that's kind of another ironic statement talking about technology and grazing, but we really do have some things to look forward to. And and I guess I'll start by saying a large reason why managed grazing now is different than the grazing of a couple decades ago is because there have been advancements in just fencing technology and more mobile fencing so we're not so limited we just have a lot more flexibility to manage the animals and the land better than we ever had been before so that really is still probably the biggest technological advancement in grazing but there are some more futuristic things on the horizon one of them is virtual fencing there's a few different companies around the world that are looking at developing this technology to be able to graze animals on the land with very little to almost no fence gps collars that can be dictated by a mobile device and we've done research with that and we know that it works and so that is a very promising practice. It's like a lot of technologies where it's maybe cost prohibitive at first, but it's going down in price already. Another tool called Paddock Track that we can use for tracking basically how much Forage is in the pastures, and it's kind of like a yield monitor except for grazing. And that just helps us to up our game as grazers and managing the forage, but also gives us records that used to be pretty cumbersome to keep, and now it kind of automates that process. So, those are a couple examples. And then, as far as research goes, there are more people both in the UW system and in the USDA in Wisconsin doing grazing research now than there were a few years ago. There is more of a push because of the benefits that we know of that grazing has both economically and environmentally. And so there's more research happening. Now, I would say the biggest areas of focus are with dairy heifers and with beef cattle. And those are, I guess, what we view as the low-hanging fruits for getting grazing on more land in Wisconsin.
6: Well, there are a lot of benefits and there are farmers who are taking advantage of those benefits by incorporating this managed grazing into their operations. There are are some who are still on the fence or maybe are facing some bottlenecks thinking that that doesn't work for them. What are you doing to help reach them and not only help them understand where you're coming from, but also learn from them in return?
7: It's a different way of looking at outreach. We can assume that most of the people who want to be grazing are already grazing. And so whoever else is out there, you know, there's going to be some other pathway for them to grazing if they choose to. And so rather than just telling people about how great this practice is and hoping that maybe they change their mind on it we're having conversations with people and just finding out like why are you not interested in this or why do you think it won't work for you that helps us to maybe clear things up with them but i just say the information we get from them is probably more important because it helps us to know how to do outreach better. What is
6: some of the feedback that you've received from farmers who are utilizing these practices that you've been working with and those who aren't?
7: There's this tool that is still in development phase called the Heifer Grazing Compass and it's basically just a spreadsheet but it's very comprehensive and it's localized for wherever a farm is located. So if you're a farmer I would sit down with you and you would put all of your personal farm and information in there and it would just show you hypothetically let's just say you chose to graze a small group of your dairy heifers it would show you what the economic impact of that would be on your farm and most likely while it is going to be a positive impact for you but what we're finding is that may not be the biggest barrier for a lot of farmers or that may not be the biggest hook but we're also finding that farmers may not be as closed off to the idea of grazing as we maybe thought they were they are very dairy farmers right now are very focused on animal welfare and animal comfort and this definitely has a role to play in that and we've seen that that is kind of a greater inroads in conversations with them than anything. So if we can work with them to figure out maybe how to have grazing as a tool in their toolbox to improve cow comfort or animal comfort on their farm, that's kind of where the conversation starts.
0: Well, you know, farmers are always working to improve cow comfort and keep uh, keep those cows happy. Happy cows make happy milk and good cheese that I love to enjoy. Well, we're at almost 28 minutes after 5 o'clock here on Wax 104.5. We need to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Rocky and Premier Livestock.
4: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And just as promised, I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. Did it get a little wet over there?
8: I guess so. Yeah, boy, them uh, them back gravel roads are rather glare ice, or yeah, you're plowing through that stuff.
0: Yeah, my yard ended up just glare ice. I said I think I'm going to just start parking closer to the house. Yeah. So, what happened in the markets out there yesterday?
8: Uh, thank you Joe good morning everyone this is how the week is shaping up so far here at premier livestock uh, markets are good markets are real good this week uh, fed cattle strong uh, high choice and prime uh, Holstein fed steers from 139 all the way up to 152 uh, select and low choice 125 to 138 choice beef steers and heifers from 140 to 158 uh, market cows strong high yielding cows from 82 to 98 most cows 68 to 81 market bulls high High yielding from ninety three all the way up to a dollar thirteen. Organic market cows sold every Monday. High yielding organic cows from a dollar twenty to a dollar forty. Newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from one hundred to two hundred per head. Your beef calves one fifty to four hundred. Today Wednesday nine thirty a.m. We have our hay auction. Always a great selection of hay and bedding every single Wednesday at nine thirty. Then uh, eleven o'clock a.m. Today we have our dairy cattle auction over seventy five. Fr- Two and three year olds, uh, over fifty Holstein Spring and Heifers, qualities excellent today. Uh, full list of detailed consignments at Premier Livestock and Uh, Also, next Tuesday, that's our big special feeder cattle auction. We're expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle. Uh, Don't forget, we're also selling bred beef cows. Uh, Very important that you call in those consignments. Let us know what you're bringing. Uh, Don't forget, also, large farm machinery auction coming up March 24th. Really got a nice lineup of equipment for that sale. Uh, Still time to consign. Website will be updated daily, most of the time hourly, uh, with listings. Uh, Paper ads will go out this week. If you want to get your ads in the paper, give us a call right away. Uh, if you're looking for a little better rate on your large equipment, uh, if you get it consigned before Monday, uh, we'll give you a commission discount on that. But uh, call with questions, 715-229-2500. Once again, our website, uh, premierlivestockandauctions.com. And that's how it shaped up, Jill.
0: Yep, it sounds like everything is moving just the way it's supposed to be moving today. That's right. That's uh, right. Markets, markets are good. So. All right. Well, you have a great day. You too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. We need to get through a few more chores, and then we'll be hearing from Mike Dandria.
4: The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And it's weather time here at 25 minutes to 6 o'clock with Mike Dandria, sponsored by Chili Implement. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. How we doing? Well, I'm struggling a little bit. I've got too much to put into my one hour.
9: (laughs) I know how that goes. I I feel that way when I have uh, three minutes and 30 seconds to talk about weather on a very active sort of day. It's like, I've got so much to unpack here, but I only have three minutes to do it.
0: Well, and then Bob keeps sending me audio back from California, and he got a little long-winded on the one I had to air today.
9: Well, I mean... I, I would get a little jealous if I was in your position, but you know that's just me because California sounds pretty nice right about now when uh, you, you factor in the fact that we have a little bit of everything falling from the sky right now. We have some rain, we have a little bit of snow, but at least that starts to taper off. And our temperatures, though, we're starting off mild, but they'll be cooling off throughout the day, mostly into the mid to upper 20s by the latter half of the afternoon. It will be rather breezy, though, with those northwesterly winds anywhere from 10 to 20 miles per hour. Gusts could near 35 at times, and this will usher in some cooler temperatures tonight. Mostly cloudy. Wind starts to relax just a little bit with our lows dipping to the mid-teens and sets up a cooler end to the work week with some clouds tomorrow, maybe a few peaks of sunshine. Highs into the mid-20s. Overnight lows right around the uh, zero-degree mark. Then Friday, sunshine returns back into the upper 20s. Some cloud cover rolls in Friday night and winds pick up out of the south and that sets up a warmer weekend back into the upper 30s with some peaks of sunshine going into Saturday. Sunday, more cloud cover hangs around but still into the upper 30s and then we start to get a little close to average again towards next week. Partly sunny on Monday, highs into the low 30s and a slight chance at some snow showers on Tuesday and highs into the mid to upper 20s. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we do have some rain and snow and Well, a couple of other things falling from the sky right now and a temperature of 35 degrees in Eau Claire.
0: Yeah, well, it is February, right?
9: It is February. So, I mean, we've had some very mild ones in the past. We've hit 60 degrees in February before. And, well, as you know, we've also had those 20 below days in February. So you pretty much just get your pick of the litter when it comes to temperatures this month.
0: Yeah, well, in my driveway was just total ice. So it was kind of an adventure even to get out to my garage this morning.
9: I can only imagine that.
0: So I think I'm just going to start parking closer to the house. Yeah, probably a good idea. Problem solved. (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you. Absolutely. You have a great day, Jill. You too. And that was Mike D'Andrea from TV13, sponsored by Chili Implement. We've got to get through some more chores, and then we'll be hearing from Morgan.
4: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And up next, Morgan is in the house with our news sponsored by Christensen Sales. And here we are. Good morning, Morgan.
10: Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. An update with a house fire in Chippewa Falls. As we now know, everyone is okay after that house fire yesterday evening. Firefighters saying that call came in after a house on Dover Street was ablaze just before 6 p.m. They found a sparkling light fixture and a fire in the attic. Crews quickly put out those flames. Damage limited to about $10,000. In other headlines that stretch the state, we go to the courts. Where the woman accused of killing her boyfriend after a day of drug use in Green Bay attacked her lawyer yesterday in court. 715
11: Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster. Taylor Schall Business was handcuffed but managed to hit her attorney in the head with an elbow during a hearing yesterday morning. A deputy tackled Shaw Business and they continued fighting on the floor of the courtroom. Shaw Business is looking at first-degree homicide charges after police say she strangled her boyfriend while they were having sex, then chopped him up. Her hearing yesterday was to determine if she's competent enough to stand trial. That hearing has been rescheduled. I'm John DeMaster.
10: Well, the wheels on the bus go round and round for Eau Claire. The discussion about a wheel tax goes round and round as well. City Council this week said it's seriously considering a new wheel tax. Now, Eau Claire County has that $30 wheel tax. For a couple of years, we've had that now. City looking to follow suit with the money earmarked for construction. When it comes to going behind the wheel, the uh, bus continues to move forward and the drivers in it won't need to learn carburetors or fuel pumps, at least not anytime soon. The DMV yesterday said it will continue the waiver for the engine parts portion of the driver's test. That's for bus drivers. Wisconsin began waiving that part of the exam in January of last year to make it easier for schools to hire drivers. Now, the new waiver, that'll last until November of next year, with the DMV saying all other parts of that bus driver's test, including the written test and the road test, will remain in place. Well, the governor's going to bat for the brewers in his budget. A lot of support for the brew crew. Just about everybody wants to keep them in Milwaukee, but not everybody's happy with how the governor wants to do do that. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster rounds the bases.
11: The governor yesterday announced a plan to send the team nearly 300 million dollars from the state's record surplus to pay for long-term maintenance projects at American Family Field. A lot of taxpayers and some conservative groups in the state don't want to see hundreds of millions of dollars in public dollars go to a private business. The top Republican in the Wisconsin Assembly took issue with the governor's surprise announcement. Speaker Robin Voss said the governor is trying to dictate how a stadium funding deal will work Boss said that's not a very good start. I'm John DeMaster.
10: And we have a winner in the Golden State. It's a Golden Hall. The winner of the largest Powerball jackpot in history is being revealed in California. Edwin Castro. (laughs) Now Castro purchased the $2 billion plus winning ticket in November. You may remember that, but he chose not to appear in person with the California lottery officials. He said he wanted to kind of keep a low profile. As you might imagine,
12: Edwin would like to largely remain private. (laughs) He understands his name is part of the public record
4: and now part of history, but he respectfully declined our invitation to appear publicly
2: with us today.
10: Understandably so. And it might not pay like a lottery win, but there's still a lot of value in doing those chores, and we have to head back to the barn with Joe Welkie and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5.
0: Thanks, Morgan. And your news was sponsored by Christensen Sales. We've got to get through a bunch more chores and we haven't heard from Brad Matson and ProVision Partners yet. He'll be up next. It's Wednesday morning, and it's time for our ProVision Partners update. I've got Brad Matson. He's lead agronomist there at ProVision Partners. The snow is still on the ground, but we are warming up, and we need to do some planning ahead. And we talked fertilizers in the past, but herbicides are so important. What are some of the updates on those?
3: Well, we'll be getting out visiting with customers. And, uh, you know, the topic has kind of switched into the, the uh, herbicide program. How are we going to manage those weeds for the coming year? And, uh, you know, we've got some tough ones out there. Uh, water hemp's is the big one. We're getting some almorath moved into the southern parts of the, of the state. Uh, we're seeing more troubles with other things such as barnyard grass and uh, Giant ragweed, those types of things. So you really got to start watching how that chemical program works. And you know, the one the old saying that that I learned way too many years ago is when a when you find a chemical program that works really good, it's time to change. And you know, we really got to be watching that we mix up these chemical programs, these modes of action when we're working with these crops because. You know, we keep using the same old, same old, you're going to find whatever holes in that program is going to come through and, and get you. The other problem is, is some of these weeds, when do they germinate, those types of things. So figuring out a chemical program that you're going to layer the uh, products that you're using so that you have enough active ingredient out there at key points of germination times for different weeds to uh, make sure that you're, you're going to get control is really important. And the other big one is how do we start with a clean field? You never want to plant into green any type of thing, um, especially with soybeans, because soybeans, it's really that first 45 days, you want to keep them weed-free in order to get your maximum yield out of those products. So there are a lot of, lot of dynamics that go into selecting a chemical program and understanding what weeds you have and how their physiology is so that you have a better understanding of how to control them.
0: Now, you brought up herbicides and you brought up, you know, watching those weeds, but how important is it to keep track of your weeds from the past and what you've put on in the past can you go each year off the cuff
3: oh it's really important to uh uh, understand what weed pressures you have because you know that that's going to decide because there's different chemical families that work better on different weed species those types of things and if you start getting again into the uh the tough ones, like the water hemp and those types of things, it it changes your whole program around and how you're going to have to attack it. You're no longer going to get by with a one pass program. It's going to be a two pass program because you're never going to get a, enough. Uh, residual activity out there to reach that late season germination, every weed species creates its different set of problems and uh, it's you know we went for years that didn't have to understand weeds anymore because we round up worked on everything and and now mother natures changed the rules, so uh we're getting back into truly understanding the chemistry and and making the chemistry work for us. And and unfortunately, a lot of the chemistry hasn't changed in the last 40 years. It's just been given new names, but uh, the basic chemistry is still the same thing. So, you know, we have to watch and we have to be cognitive of doing a good stewardship job so we don't create any more weeds that have uh, chemical resistance. And uh, otherwise, you know, that's going to change, totally change the dynamics of crop production as we know it.
0: And I would bet that record-keeping has one of those aspects that really needs to be very detailed. Absolutely. And that's our ProVision Partners update for this Wednesday morning with Brad Matson, lead agronomist, and I'm Jill Welke.
4: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, it's 36 degrees out there. It is. 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, and we need to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona.
13: Choice Beef Steers and Heifers, $1.30 to $1.57. We had a top of $1.59. Choice Dairy Cross Steers and Heifers, $1.30 to $1.49. High Yielding Choice and Prime Holstein Steers, $1.38 to $1.44. We had a top of $1.48 and a half. Choice Holstein Steers, $1.25 to $1.37. Select Underfinished Heavyweight Oversized Steers and Heifers, $1.24 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 80 to 87 We had a top of 90 60% of the cows sold from 62 to 79 The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 61 and down. Orga- organic Market... From Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1 to $1.18. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 99 and down. Coal bulls sold from 70 to 93 Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $90 to $220 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $90 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 130 to 350 dollars per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, February 17th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the El Tuna Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in El Tuna. Have a great day.
0: And, like he said, that was Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Altoona. We're going to slide on over to hear from Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. What's going Jill, on up there?
12: Good morning, Jill. I guess slide on over might be a, a applicable adjective to kind of describe the, the way the weather is being. I'm hoping that the wind is strong enough to blow some of this water off the road because otherwise we're going to have skating rinks, so a lot of rain.
0: Yeah, yeah. i got a lot of rain. My yard is a disaster.
12: And it's really... Uh the temperature's really dropping. we lost 3 degrees here now, 37 degrees, lost uh, 3 degrees in about since you came on the air. But anyway, we better get to the markets because I know it's uh, 10 to 6 already. Jill, thank you. And good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday, and the first couple days this week here at Equity Stratford. And we'll start out with the organic market. We sell organic market cattle here every Tuesday here in Stratford. Very, very strong market on organic cows yesterday. High-yielding, fleshy organic cows on yesterday's auction, 130 to 146.5. Lower-yielding organic organic cows 125 and below also a very strong market on the conventional market cows higher yielding fleshier year holstein and beef cows in yesterday's sale selling from 81 up to a top of 97 uh, most of the cows uh, yesterday sold between 60 and 81 uh, thinner cows like carcass cows below 60 on the bull trade this week so far, better quality bulls are selling from eighty-eight to a dollar two. Lightweight bulls eighty-five and below. Summary of the calves sold this week: um, most of the calves sold on Monday. The high yielding, uh, or the, rather, the good quality bull calves selling from one hundred to two hundred. Lot of bull calves on Monday from two twenty up to a top of two forty. Heifer calves fairly limited demand so far this week, twenty to fifty. And your beef calves very strong again, one seventy-five to three seventy-five. Again, we did top at those at four fifteen on Monday's auction. And we are on Wednesday here already. We get started this morning here with market cattle. We also, well, of course, with the cows today, we also sell fed cattle, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale today will be at 1230 start time. And along with the um, uh, beef cattle for the feeder sale today, we do have another consignment of those, uh, uh Sharp, weaned, uh, started hosting bull calves, so if you're looking for something like that, again, calves are off of milk here, a nice set again, so they're probably going to weigh around 150, 175, so that'll be part of the feeder sale today. So uh with that, I guess, Jill, that's all I have this morning. Folks, do drive careful, uh, and like I said, I don't have the rain gauge out, so I don't know how much rain we got, but we're in February, so we got to take what we get, and folks do drive careful, Jill, you also, and we'll uh, back here tomorrow morning to summarize what's going on today.
0: Absolutely, Jerry. Make sure you put on your cleats when you go outside today.
12: Well, I was fairly smart. I uh, parked the car in the garage, so I just got to walk into the garage and, you know, so it <laughs> won't be too bad.
0: Well, just remember, we got to be careful.
12: Oh, absolutely. Especially uh, especially when we get to be uh, my age, you know, you're still young yet, but uh, nobody wants to fall down, you know, so.
0: Thanks, Jerry. Okay, Jill. Talk to you later. You have a great day, Jerry. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We're gonna roll right over to our last set of markets. There has been rain in the US and Argentina, and that's made a little bit of an adjustment on our markets. And our March corn from the Chicago Board of Trade, March corn, six seventy nine down three cents, March oats, three sixty five down a half. March soybeans fifteen twenty nine down eight cents and our March soybean meal four hundred and ninety-eight dollars a ton, that's down three dollars, and our March wheat, seven dollars and eighty-four cents, down one and a half. And our country elevator prices, wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, six twenty-one for corn and fourteen sixty-nine for soybeans. Connorsville location, six twenty-one and fourteen sixty-four. Golden Plump and Arcadia, six forty-two for corn. Baldwin six thirty four for corn and fourteen sixty one for soybeans. Duran six twenty nine and fourteen fifty four. Mondovi six thirty four and fourteen sixty. Elmwood six thirty four for corn and fourteen sixty-four for soybeans. Fall Creek six twenty-one and fourteen thirty-nine. Osio six thirty-nine and fourteen sixty-seven. Elk Mound six thirty and fourteen sixty-five. Sparta, 624 and 1455, Ellsworth, 611 and 1412. Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, 628 and 1463 for Beans. Arcadia Location, 641 for Corn and 1465 for Beans. At our ethanol plants, Boyceville, 643. Stanley, 634. New Richmond, 626 for Corn. Rolling on over to our cheese markets, Barrels, 155 and a half down two cents. 40 pound blocks. 189 up one and three quarters. Gray double A butter. 245 and three quarters up two and a quarter. Class three milk futures. February 1793 down a penny. March 1774 down 27 cents. April down 43 cents to 1794. May 1845 down 40 cents. And June, 1894, down 35 cents, and that market is trending downward. We've got a few more chores to wrap up, and then we'll be, that's what I've got for you for this morning for the Farm Show. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other.